0: Life podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. My question for you this morning is for what do you labor? We elders are sharing uh, the first Sunday of each month Um And we are going through the book of 1 Timothy, we are in chapter 4, and uh, we just kind of follow each other. So my verses for today are from uh, 1 Timothy 4, and my specific verses are 9 through 11. But before we go there, I just want to do a little bit of review. So uh, you may remember when Mike spoke uh, the last time, I believe it was, he, he talked about false teachers, and how they can creep into the church, and um, that if you're not careful, uh, some people will fall away because uh, of this false teaching, and so we have to watch out for that, and we need to ensure that we are not being drawn away, but that we're staying true to God's Word. And then uh, Jeff, I believe, covered, uh, you might remember the shot put or the, or the dribbling there, uh, he talked about bodily exercise versus godliness, and uh, how you would be a good servant of Jesus Christ if you, if, well, he was talking to Timothy there and saying, if you put these things before the brothers, uh, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ. And so that brings us up to the next set of verses, a 9 through 11. Now, if you'll read this with me, you'll see there's a lot of content here. The saying, thus saying, is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Okay? For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially those who believe. And then verse 11, command and teach these things. So... Uh, back to my title, for what do you labor? I think I have labored harder for this message than anything I've ever done in my life. Uh, but hopefully it will, it will come together for us. So, verse 9, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. What is Paul talking about here? All, we talked about all this stuff, and now all of a sudden he says, the saying. What saying is he talking about? Well, after digging into this a little bit, and referring uh, or conferring with my son, Jeremy, who's in the back if anybody wants to say hi later, um, I determined that this actually is referring back to what Jeff talked about, uh, the, the, the statement. Um, let's see. What did I do here? There we go. Nope. I've jumped way ahead of myself. Hang on. Okay. Okay. So uh, this statement here, rather train yourself for godliness while bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So this, this verse, verse, verse 9, is referring back to that statement about, be, about godliness and about uh, working on godliness as opposed to... He's not saying bodily exercise is bad. It's fine to exercise. It's fine to take care of our bodies. But in light of eternity, working on godliness is more important, okay? So kind of keep it in the, in the context there. And so uh, then, we, then we move on to verse 10. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. So Paul is talking here, and he is he is saying uh that he's talking about himself here, I think, to Timothy, as and as leadership in the church. This is the reason that we work, we toil, we strive, we labor, and depending on the translation you have, I looked at 18 different translations, and there are about eight or ten different ways that this phrase is translated. But in the end, it means good hard work. We struggle and we strive. The implication is if you're an athlete and you're running a race and it's like you're giving everything to get to the finish line, you're, you're drained, you're, you're tired, and you're just working and striving to get to that line. That's the connotation here. And so Paul is saying we are doing this what we are doing because our hope is set on the living God, because our hope is in God. We are working and we're striving and we're laboring to to get the word out, to bring people in, to get them to know Jesus, and to get them to grow and to become godly in the way they live. And, and then he adds on at the end there, who is the Savior of all people. And I thought uh, one thing here, just to note, who is the Savior of all people. Jesus Christ died for everyone. There is no one excluded. He is the Savior of all people. But the little phrase at the end, especially of those who believe, those who believe actually come into that. Those who do not, unfortunately, do not come into that. But it is available, so no one should ever think, oh, I'm too bad, I'm not good enough. Everyone is welcome to come in to the kingdom of God and to live for him. So back to our, our, our phrase that we're, these verses are looking back on. Rather, train yourself for godliness. While bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way because it holds promise now for the present life and also for the life to come. And then we see also over in Titus chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, Paul says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. So their, their knowledge of the truth accords with godliness in hope of eternal life. So living a life of godliness is part of our knowledge of the truth which, and i uh, sorry, I kind of got jumped off there, but the truth which accords with God, godliness in hope of eternal life, which God who never lies promised before the ages began. So not only does in Timothy does Paul talk about this godliness, but he also in Titus begins the book uh, with the fact that it correlates to our knowledge of the truth uh, having come to faith in Jesus Christ and kind of kind of reiterates it there. Okay, so what is godliness then? If this godliness is something we should be working for and toiling for, it's better than physical exercise. It ties in with our eternal life and the truth of the knowledge of God. Um, just exactly what is godliness? Well, if we look back just one chapter... Um, to chapter 3 verse 16 just before our fourth chapter here we see this verse beyond all question no question about it the mystery of godliness is great and then he goes on to tell us what that is it says he appeared in a body he was vindicated by the spirit was seen by angels was preached among all the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up to glory. Does anybody have a guess who that is? (laughs) Pretty clear, huh? (laughs) Jesus Christ. So what is godliness? Well, Jesus Christ is the embodiment of what godliness is. He is godliness. He is the only example that we have to look at to what godliness is. And so, simply saying, we could say, become like Christ or be like Jesus, that's what we're striving for, that's what godliness is, and that's what we are working toward in this life. So you'd say, how do I do that? What do I do? Well, I don't have all the answers, because I'm still working on this myself, But I think I have a couple of ways that we can work on that will help us to become more like Christ. The first thing is stay in God's Word. Read it every day. And I just grabbed a verse to go along with this. uh, And it's, uh, I believe it's from the Psalms. uh, Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When you read God's Word, it's going to show you how to walk. It's going to show you how to live. And it's going to be something that is going to help you to move towards being like Christ, living a godly life. And then, um, and there's lots of other verses that I could read you, but for the sake of time, I just chose one for each of these areas. And I have three three areas here. So the next area we have, whoops, jumped twice on me, uh, is spend time in prayer. Talk to God every day. If my wife and I never talked to each other, would we know each other very well? You might work with somebody and you yeah i know I know John works over at the high school, but i don't spend a lot of time with John, so I know who John is, but i don't necessarily know all about john we have to we would have to get together regularly and talk to each other to to become uh in a place where we have a relationship and we know each other. Just as my wife, we have to talk each day. We have to communicate with each other. And as we do that, we draw closer. It's the same thing with God. As we talk to him, as we read his word and understand who he is and what he wants us to do, as we spend time working on these things, then we're going we're to begin to live more like he wants us to. So spend time in prayer, Mark 6, 46, and after he had taken leave of them, he departed into the mountain to pray, and uh, the other one, which I can't see, but it's Matthew 14, 23, I think, Uh, and after he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray, and when even was come, he was there alone. So this is Jesus Christ himself. He left the crowd, he went off by himself, and he prayed to his father, he he spent time with his Father. Even Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because he was on earth as a man, needed to spend time with his Father in prayer and talking to him and communing with him. And so he has set a good example for us. And then lastly, ask the Holy Spirit to help you be more like Christ. You know, when we, when we become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes in. And I think for a lot of us, that's where we stop. We don't take advantage of that. Uh, But here in John 14, we see it says, these things, and this is Jesus talking, these things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And this, again, is just one scripture, but Jesus said, I'm giving you a helper. He will help us. And if we will let him help us, he will do that and show us a way to walk. And so, ask the Holy Spirit uh, to help you. Okay. So, if we do these things, if we, if, we, if we spend time in prayer, if we spend time in God's Word, if we spend time getting to know God, what would the result be? Loving God and loving people—that's very a very simple way to put it. But what did Jesus do? He loved God and he loved people, and sometimes that's not the easiest thing to do. <laughs> but uh, sometimes my wife lets me know that's not the easiest thing to do. But uh, um, but because she loves God, she loves me anyway, and so <laughs> thank you, darling. Um, but anyway, uh, this should be the result of letting godliness grow. Uh, as I think, as he said in their train for godliness, as we train for this, uh, just as an athlete trains for whatever, whatever they're doing, a shot put or basketball or running or whatever, as you train, you get better. And so as we train for godliness, uh, these, this should begin to come out of our lives, loving God more and loving people. Okay, now let's get back to our text because we've kinda (coughs) wandered just slightly there. Uh, So my question today is, uh, for to this end we toil and strive is what Paul said to Timothy. In the, I believe it's the NLT, he said, this is why we work hard and continue to struggle. So how many of you just automatically get up every morning spend your time in, in prayer, spend your time in your Bible and talking to God and getting to know Him and studying and thinking about it and then thinking about what you have to do for that day. Anybody? There's a couple. <laughs> for me, that's not the way it is. My mind has got my list of projects and my projects and my work and I got to get to work on time or I don't want to be late or I'll get a point. Um, basically... My point is, for me, it's a struggle sometimes. Some days, I'm just fine. I get up and I do my Bible reading and my study and my prayer, and I get ready for work and I go on my way. And other days, you know, the the dog got out and or the cows got out or the water's leaking or the water's froze or whatever. Uh, but our attention gets pulled away from what we should be doing. And so what I, I guess what I really wanted to say today was... For what are we toiling and striving? Are we toiling for our job to make it to the top? Are we toiling for, uh, you know, to have the nicest house in the neighborhood and everything's perfect? Um, Or are we struggling and working to become godly, to be able to touch hearts and lives around us because Christ's love is in us and growing in us to the point where we want to overflow to others. So that's, that's my question for today is for what do you labor? So this is why we work hard to con- and continue to struggle because our hope is in the living God and we want to finish well. And so I'm encouraging you today to, I guess it's New Year's Day, right? I don't normally do this, but I know a lot of people make New Year's resolutions. Maybe we should consider putting godliness on that list and working this year to try to be more faithful in studying God's word, in prayer, in loving those around us. Uh, maybe that would be a great, a great resolution for this year. And then um, finally we come to verse 11, which says, command and teach these things. That's a pretty strong statement. Now, Paul is talking to Timothy as a leader in the church here, saying, command and teach these things. But as an elder in this church, that means Paul's saying to me, I need to command and teach this to you all, that we need godliness in our lives. So to me, that makes it a a very important thing. It's not something to take lightly. It's not, oh, okay, great, sounds good. I'll get around to that at some point. This is a thing that we need to take very seriously and that we need to buckle down. If we want to, let me see if I can get back there. If we want to, um, okay, never mind, I won't worry about it. Um, if we want to finish well, uh, if we, as we go on to the next section, um, in the end, Paul says to Timothy, uh, and I don't want to get too much into what Alan might say, But he's saying, if you continue in this, not only you will finish well, but the people who listen to you will finish well. And so that's the goal here, that we all finish well, that we make it to the end, that we cross the finish line. And as Paul said in another place, uh, I have fought the fight, I have finished the course, I did what God sent me here to do. And that's my prayer for all of you and for myself as well, that, um, that we would... That we would do that. So that's the word I had for you this morning. I hope that something there uh, spoke to you and um, I, I just trust that as a body we can do this together, that we can work on this together, that we can encourage each other in our faith and that we can in this community be known as a place that loves God and loves people. Let's pray.